I'm Casey Main, a jaded, hopelessly romantic, health-conscious party girl searching for meaning. And my mission is simple, to make life better for myself and for you. I believe real change always comes from within and the Better You podcast was born to discover hidden parts of ourselves and our stories. A safe place where we have real, honest conversations with people from all walks of life to help better understand ourselves so we can become better versions of ourselves. So come along on this journey of discovery with me so you can become a better you. Welcome back to another episode of the Better You Podcast. I am your host, Casey Main. Happy New Year, everyone. This is technically our first episode of 2020. Kind of crazy. Can't believe it's 2020, but it is. If you're new to the show, then welcome to the party. On this podcast, the focus is better understanding our relationship with ourselves. And the conversations usually fall under one of three buckets, body, mind, or spirit. This is another mind episode as we are talking about personal growth and personal development, but I do have all kinds of fun stuff lined up for this year in all three areas. So in 2020, just really the first like quarter or even half of 2020, we will be talking about anger. We're going to talk about sex, intuitive eating, body image and body shaming, um, EMF and the harmful effects of all the technology that we're surrounded by these days, fertility. In February, we're going to have several shows focused on various aspects of relationships. And I just realized that January is actually a month of men. All of our guests lined up for January are male guests, which is not by design, but I love it because So many of my guests so far have been female. And again, that was not by design either. It kind of just happened that way. So I'm excited to get a bunch of male perspectives in January. And we are kicking that off with our guests today. And then next week, we are talking to Monty, who is the creator of the meditation app Minding. Please make sure that you are following the podcast on Instagram. I've started to try and do a little bit more fun stuff on Instagram. So each week I'll be posting a tip of the week. And then I'm also going to do more behind the scenes stuff and kind of announcing uh, new guest interviews as I secure them. So you guys know kind of what's coming. And then I'm also on Facebook at the better you podcast. So I'm trying to beef that up as well. Um, trying to increase my social media game, although I kind of hate it, but I guess it is a necessary evil these days. All right, so let's talk about today's episode. We are talking to one of the creators of the Optimal Living Daily podcast, Lee Rankinen. And Lee, if I just mispronounced your last name, I'm sorry. I should have asked you how to pronounce it when we spoke, but I forgot to. I can't remember how I first found this podcast, but I immediately loved it because, first of all, it's all about personal development, which clearly I'm into, but then also because of their support of writers, no matter what their like level of fame or notoriety is. There are so many people out there writing incredible things and saying like really thought provoking stuff and just haven't reached that quote unquote famous standing yet, or maybe they don't want to. And the, the optimal living daily podcast, just, they don't, they don't care kind of how far you've made it. It's just more that you have something to say. And so as Lee talks about in the interview, they really try and have a variety of different perspectives, which if you're into personal development at all, then I'm sure you agree with me that that's just a really important part of life is incorporating different viewpoints and different perspectives to really kind of expand how you think rather than just kind of stay in your, your lane of of your thought processes. 
So I was super excited to talk to Lee because he is actually the one who selects the blogs that are featured on the podcast, on all the podcasts, actually. So we're really focused on Optimal Living Daily, but they also have um, Optimal Business Daily, Optimal Relationships, Optimal Finance. There might be another one in there if I if I'm forgetting it, then I'm sorry, guys, but I love the Optimal Living Daily one. So in this conversation, we kind of go through his biggest takeaways when it comes to personal development. And I love it because we really dive into like a lot of the buzzwords or buzz phrases in personal growth and personal development, like being mindful, enjoying the process, creating space, and we get into what that all actually means. So in this episode, we discuss why starting small is the way to approach all the big changes that we want to make in our life, how being easier on yourself can help you enjoy the process, why we shouldn't approach goals with the I'll be happy when mentality, if we really need one all-encompassing life purpose or how maybe that's a restricted view of purpose, a new way to look at and define limiting beliefs, and this one was really a big like eye-opener for me, and finally, why it can all be so difficult to do. So if you listen to episode 20, where I share my life lessons from 2019, then you might notice a little bit of overlap. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, please go check it out. But I love this conversation with Lee because it's so much more, I guess we'll say like practical and actionable advice, whereas my lessons learned were really more like philosophical and conceptual. But what Lee advises us to do are things that you can implement in your life like tomorrow or actually this instant. So I love the practicality of it. And it just, he makes it all easier to kind of wrap your, your mind around and get on board with. So a little bit more about Lee. He started his career focused on the sports industry, but quickly realized that he wanted to be an entrepreneur. Shortly thereafter, he attended Pepperdine university where he befriended his now business partner, Justin Malik and earned his MBA. Lee's passions include personal development, health, finance, and building businesses. He spends the majority of his time outside of work with his wife and son, and they love to travel and explore as frequently as possible as a family. And a little bit more about the Optimal Living Daily podcast, Justin and Lee handpick and read you the best content on personal development, minimalism, finance, health, business, and more with author permission. Think of Optimal Living Daily as an audio blog or blogcast where the best blogs are narrated to you for free to inspire positive changes in your life on the go. So that's it. We are going to go ahead and jump into this conversation with Lee. I guess I'm I'm first interested in how you guys came up with the idea to, to start this podcast? Like, have you always been into personal development or did you just see kind of a a need here or how did, how did optimal living daily even come to be? Yeah. So uh, definitely always interested in personal development, uh, both myself and Justin, we started a mobile application business in like 2012, I want to say. You know, both just kind of have the entrepreneurial spirit. We met in grad school. We started our first business about a year after we graduated. Both of us were working in corporate America, not exactly uh, enjoying the day-to-day life that uh, <laughs> like an office job in corporate America brings you. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So we were both looking for a way out. He was in California. I was in Chicago. Um, and just a random text conversation turned into a business plan for a mobile app. We raised some money from family and friends, and we were kind of off and running a few months later. Um, 
had a lot of success with like downloads and user growth, but couldn't really monetize it. And so we were like burning through money really quickly. Justin had actually left his job to work for us full time because we had enough growth and we had enough users, but we didn't, we weren't making money. Um, but we had enough things to do where he could work full time. Got towards the end of that business, uh, in terms of running out of money. And Justin really did not want to go back to a corporate job. So he did some research and, uh, he, he found a way where we could kind of, he taught himself to develop apps enough where they're really simple. They were cheap to do because he was doing most of the development and we were launching a lot of apps. I think at our peak, we had like 150 apps in the app stores. Um, oh my gosh. Were yeah, they all <laughs> in the personal development space or were they? No, no, not at all. Yeah. So they okay. were all, they were like gaming apps and just like little, like really just not very high quality. And that's where we kind of wanted to move away from that. Justin was burnt out from it. Neither one of us had any passion for it. So we were kind of like trying to figure out what was next. And personal development is like the one thing we both kept coming back to. And we just didn't know how we were going to move into that business because neither one of us are necessarily experts on that. Uh, And Justin came up with the idea of narrating blogs or book excerpts with author permission. Uh, and he was like, what do you think about this? And I was like, I would listen to that. <laughs> I had uh, I had like just gotten started with listening to podcasts probably a few months prior. Um, and I was all in like from the first first time I listened to a podcast. I was like, this is amazing because with my corporate job, I could work and listen for probably like four hours a day. So it was <laughs> all of a sudden making making those four hours much more enjoyable. Um, so I was all in. So, yeah, we uh, I think from the from the time Justin came up with the idea to our first episode was probably three or four months. Um, you know, we got some, uh, yeses from some very big authors early on. Uh, and that really kind of helped get, uh, get the ball rolling with it. It's just such a great concept because I'm, I'm probably only about two years into the personal development world and it's, it's exciting because there's so much out there, but it's overwhelming because there's so much out there and people, you know, you only have so much time you can spend in front of your computer or looking at your phone reading. And so the fact that you guys kind of combine this, it's like you've, you've cultivated all these writers and blogs and just thinkers. And then, you know, we don't even have to sit in front of a computer to find the people or read it. Like it's just, it's on a, it's on a podcast app and the episodes are short, which is people like, so I just, I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, it's, it's, thank you. I mean, it was Justin's idea, not mine, but, uh, um, it, uh, it just makes sense, right? In so many different ways. Uh, and that's the whole goal is to like expose our listeners to as many different viewpoints as possible. You know, some we may totally agree with, some we may not, but, you know, we just kind of want to have that medium where we're exposing people to all these different thoughts in the personal development space. And um, people can take what works for them and what doesn't and make that decision on their own. I think it's it's cool from the author standpoint too. I know we've had quite a few authors who have done like book signings and they'll have somebody at their book signing that says, I first found out about you on Optimal Living Daily or Optimal Finance Daily. And now I've read all of your stuff and I've read your book and now I'm at your book signing. So it's really cool. I think from that perspective too, is like helping a, a lot of these authors with like discovery on that front, because it's just a great way to get in front of more people. Absolutely. And I, and I will say from an author and writer's perspective, like it is, it's such a service to us. I mean, if you go into the podcast, I mean, you have writers got like Mark Manson and then you've got like little old me. So it's like, it's the fact that you give that opportunity and that platform to pretty much anybody who has 
something to say that's insightful and thoughtful and thought provoking. Like that's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been really great to see from like a writer's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good to hear. Yeah. And, that, and it's fun. I mean, it, it's just, <laughs> it, and it's like the big authors, you know, like the Mark Mansons and um, some of those really massive authors. Uh, uh, this is like a drop in the bucket for them in terms of like our audience size. So it is cool though. I mean, they're kind of giving, giving back to us by allowing us to narrate their content. And then hopefully we're kind of paying it forward by finding people with smaller audiences and giving them access to a much larger audience. So, um, yeah, for, for sure. How long have you guys been doing this? Like how many episodes in are you? So, uh, we will hit episode 1500 on January 19th for optimal living daily. So we started in December of 2015 with optimal living daily. We launched Optimal Finance Daily a few months later, then Optimal Health Daily, then Optimal Business Daily, then Optimal Relationships Daily. So all all in, we've got to be over 3,000 episodes now across the five shows. Um, so it's, it's a lot is, of content. Yeah, that is a lot of content. And I mean, I, I can't even imagine how much content you go through just to even pick the ones you're going to read. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I spend about four hours a day reading. And that's about the time it takes uh, to curate the content across across all of our five shows. Um, wow, so about four hours a day, five days a week. Yeah, so there's I, I read a lot. I, I that's what I always tell people if they ask what I do for a living. I tell them I read. That's what I do. I read. So all right, so four hours a day reading. You were already into personal development, and now you've done this total deep dive into it, and then even kind of some more niche things like health and and the relationships for the for the different podcasts. So. How much have you personally learned doing this? A lot. <laughs> I mean, uh, a lot. And Justin and I have conversations. You know, we talk all the time for work and just personal in general. And it's funny, the conversations that him and I have, like now, as opposed to like when we first started this business, I just think both of us are much more like self-aware. Um, we're much more aware of like different like techniques and tricks and like things that you should identify in your own habits or maybe how to build new habits. Uh, so I just, I've learned so much. Like I, I, I can't even tell you how much I've learned. I mean, obviously you can, you can uh, imagine reading four hours a day of personal development stuff uh, that you'd be able to soak in a little bit. So even if I'm only retaining like 7% or whatever the average is that you retain, uh, I feel like I, I've retained quite a bit of uh, a lot of beneficial things. Oh my God. I, I think that like I would be overwhelmed because <laughs> Usually the more I read or listen to that is really thought provoking, then I, then I have something I want to write about. And so then it just gets overwhelming of like all these thoughts. <laughs> I either need to like sit in a, in a hole away from everybody and write for hours, or I need to go like talk to somebody just about everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And, and the nice thing is, you know, I read it, you know, we're trying to get the episodes up, you know, a lot of times maybe scheduled, even if they're not recorded, they're scheduled at least a few weeks to a month ahead of time. So a lot of times then when I listen to the show, once it goes live, I'm like, oh yeah, this post, I really like this post. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of like a reminder of that process. And there's so many like common themes that are spread from when we started till now. And each author takes like a different way of attacking certain themes. And so obviously some stories stick with certain people more than others. Um, mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's, it's a, uh, kind of like a conglomeration of multiple viewpoints all on the same issue. And it all just kind of sticks in your head and it makes it uh, makes it like more practical for you to like use it every day because you have so many different stories that you can kind of relate to. 
Um, exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's a beautiful segue to maybe jump into some of the, the themes that you've seen um, that you think are just like really important takeaways in terms of, of personal development. So let's start with what you got. What's number one? Yeah. So number one, I would say is start small. You know, it's so easy to, like you're saying, consume all this content and be like, well, I want to change this and that and a hundred other things, or it's New Year's. So I'm going to have a New Year resolution list and there's going to be a hundred things on it. And I'm going to work out for an hour a day and I'm going to, you know, walk 20,000 steps and do all these things. And it's really hard and, and it's easy to kind of get uh, discouraged if you're not able to follow through on this. And I know this from personal experience. I've done it to myself hundreds of times. Uh, you know, so that I'm going to start Monday and I'm going to do everything right perfectly. Um, and there's just so much great content where it's start small. You know, if you're working out, try to work out for five minutes, you know, just yep. start small on the first day, do it every day, but start small so you can kind of build that momentum and just keep moving forward. So I think that's really important. I love that. Cause we do like when it comes to making changes in our life and especially around this time of year, you know, it's the holidays and then the new year. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to do, you know, ABC, X, Y, and Z, like starting next week on Monday. And we put all this pressure on ourselves to implement all these changes without necessarily realizing or really honoring how difficult it is to change certain ways in our lives and like how ingrained our habits are and stuff. And so if you start small, you might feel like I'm not, I'm not doing anything, but like doing something is always better than doing nothing. And you're at least then giving yourself a chance for success. Agreed. Yep. You hit it, hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah. I I love that. But I, I also love it from the viewpoint of, tackling challenges. Cause I think a lot of times if there are, if there's like a big change that we want to go about in our life and maybe it's a career move, maybe it's something like writing a book or just something big that we want to do. We tend to like look at the entirety of that goal and then it gets too scary. Whereas if you kind of break it down into like bite-sized manageable pieces, starting small, then all of a sudden you realize like step by step that you actually can do it. Yeah. And following up on that, I've heard this in multiple uh, articles that I've read before. And it says humans are very poor at estimating how much they can do in a year. Um, So everybody overestimates how much they can do in a year, but they vastly underestimate how much they can do in a three year time period. So when they talk about like setting goals, it's okay to go slow and do like those incremental changes because like if you could look at that and you could plan out for three years, you would be light years ahead of where you can conceptually think you would be. Whereas like people overestimate how much they can do in just one year's time. But I've seen multiple authors kind of reference that. And it does make sense because I personally, I don't think I've ever planned for anything outside of a year. You know, a year seems like the, the max timeline to plan something for. Yeah. People usually ask you, oh, you do goals like one year, five years, 10 years. And I always struggle with the five year and 10 years. Cause I'm like, I have, I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. So start small. All right. What's next? Uh, next one would be like, do it daily. So just have a consistent practice. Um, and again, starting small makes that easier. So they kind of coincide with each other. Uh, it's a lot easier to work out every day if you're, you know, if it's five minutes to start or it's mm-hmm. 10 minutes, it's easier to meditate. If you're going to meditate for two minutes in a day, rather than say, I'm going to sit down for an hour and meditate each day. So again, you take that momentum from starting small and then you just have a consistent practice and kind of do it daily. And that's why we actually chose to do our podcast seven days a week because we wanted it to be a consistent practice. Again, 10 minutes or less, it's short. 
but it just becomes part of your lifestyle. So if you're brushing your teeth, if you're driving to work, if you're uh, going for a walk, whatever, it's, it just can become ingrained as kind of part of your daily routine. So I, I, I like that and I agree with that, but I will also just kind of argue that that's really hard. And I think that's almost, I don't know, in some cases, I think that can set people up for failure in the sense that it's like, okay, I'm going to meditate every day. And then, you know, I do it on Monday, I do it on Tuesday, I miss it on Wednesday. And then I'm like, well, this week's a wash, you know, I'll start again next week or whatever. So like, what have you read in terms of, I don't know, maybe like giving ourselves a little bit of grace and flexibility when we don't necessarily stick to what we're trying to do? Yeah. And I, and that kind of leads to me to the next thing I was going to say too. And it's, it's all about like enjoying the process. There's so many people who feel like they have to put pressure on themselves if they're trying a new habit or if they're trying to grow in a certain part of their life and they put so much pressure on themselves and it's okay to enjoy the process and it's okay to like be light on yourself. And if you miss a day, that's fine. Just, just, you know, don't wreck all the progress you've made just because you missed one day. You know, it's, it's kind of a classic thing of like, I'm on a really strict diet and I eat one Oreo. So the rest of the day is ruined. So I'm going to go get ice cream and burgers and pizza and whatever. And it, you're so much better off if you can just like be mindful about that and be like, it's okay that I, that I slipped up off of what I wanted to eat. I can start over right now in this minute. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. It doesn't have to be Monday. It doesn't have to be the first of the month or the first of the year. So I think just kind of enjoying that process of personal growth, it should be a fun thing just because you're, happy with your life doesn't mean you have to be satisfied with, you know, certain things where you want to improve. Uh, and I think sometimes people get that twisted where they feel like I can't be happy because I need to change these things in my life. And I would say it's okay to be happy. Uh, enjoy the whole process, enjoy your life, but you don't have to be satisfied. You can still improve in areas of your life while still enjoying the process and being happy. Yes. So I think that is such an, an important point and it's, I don't know. I've, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Like there's just so many like dualities in life and it's like, we got to find, try and find that middle. So like, where is that middle ground between I'm, I'm happy and I accept who I am and where I am in the process yet also kind of striving to be better because those are seemingly opposite things. <laughs> but I think are. that there is, there is some there is a balance there. Like there is a middle point. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I, I always try to, try to remind myself, I'm like, always happy, never satisfied. I think that's like kind of the medium that I strive for. Because so many people think when, when they're growing, when they're trying to achieve a new goal, that it's kind of like you climb to the mountaintop and you're there and everything is great after that. And a lot of times it's, it's not quite that feeling. Like if you're not enjoying the whole process of doing it, uh, whatever goal you're working on, you're not just going to be happy just when it's done. Yeah, that's talked about in, in a lot of stuff of, you know, if you're tying your, it's like this concept of future happiness, like I'll be happy when, yep. you know, I do X or I'll be happy when I reach this certain income or this certain level at my job, or I'll be happy when I get married or when I have a baby or whatever it may be. And that's a really, uh, that's a really troublesome mindset because you'll reach those and then you'll find that you're not happy because to your point, happiness is supposed to be the journey of going after all these things yet while also being happy, just <laughs> as who we are, <laughs> which then just gets so like philosophical and, and confusing. Yep. 
All right. So enjoy the process. Why do you think that the majority of us struggle with enjoying that process? Like, is it, is it fear? Is it lack of mindfulness? Like I know mindfulness is a big thing in the personal Mm -hmm. development world right now. Yeah. I I think it can be a combination of many things. I think both of those are big things. Uh, The other thing is I think you got to decide why you're making that change for your life. You know, if you can really determine what the why is for you, then sometimes that not only makes you enjoy the process, but it just makes the process easier in general. If you really know why you're doing something, Um, if you're doing it for the right reasons for yourself, uh, I think it does make the process easier to do. And it it probably makes it more enjoyable for yourself as well. Would you call that why um, your purpose? Yeah, I think purpose is a great word for that. Yep. Okay, because purpose is, is talked about a lot. And I know some people really just latch onto it and love it, like myself. And I know other people, I don't know, it almost kind of rubs them the wrong way, because it's like, well, I don't know what my purpose is. Like, how am I supposed to figure it out? Like, in all your reading, what's, what's the most insightful stuff you've come across in terms of even just figuring out your why? Yeah, and it's funny you say that, because we have some authors who are very anti- you know, passion or like purpose and, and the other people are, are totally for it. Like you're saying, um, I think it's one of those things where sometimes people think I can't define my overall life's purpose and they get that confused with finding their why or their purpose for a smaller endeavor to, to grow personally. So maybe somebody wants to get into shape and that's their purpose. And why is it? Maybe they want to be healthy when they're older so they can be around for their kids or their parents or their siblings or whoever. That doesn't necessarily have to be their life's purpose, but they still have a purpose for that facet of personal growth. Yeah, I love that because it allows the concept of purpose to change like with different seasons of our lives. Like I know my dad, um, when he, he retired recently and and my book talks a lot about purpose. So after he read it, you know, we had a whole conversation about it. And, and he was even saying, you know, that he almost kind of needed to find his new purpose because for so long it was providing for his family. And now we're all grown and and off on our own and he's retired and kind of (laughs) shifting into ride it out mode. And so now, and I guess that's probably why I read some statistic that the, the most vulnerable times of a person's life are like their first year of life, obviously, because they're a newborn. And then the first year that they retire because of that lack of purpose. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I I think that's just life in general, right? Life is so fluid and it's always changing. And so I I think it's hard if if you think like you need this one singular purpose at all times and it's going to be there for the rest of your life. I think that's a hard mindset to kind of remove yourself from. And I think it's just a lot more freeing if you, if you understand like, there's gray areas in life and, and there's different times of life and different seasons of life. And you're, as long as you're open to, Hey, my purpose, I may have multiple purposes and it might be for five different thing, things that are going on in my life and they may not seem interrelated at all, but each one is still important to me. Yeah. Cause I mean, otherwise it's, it's kind of going back to what we're saying about goals. Like it's like, I'll be happy when I reach this certain job title you know, once you get there, then it's like you've eliminated your happiness source. So same thing with if, if you're like, this is my one purpose for all of my life. And then what, if you fulfill that, then it's yeah. kind of like, okay, now what? <laughs> exactly. 
Okay. So what are some other things that you've learned or really surprised you or really kind of got you thinking in like a new way that, that you thought before? Yeah. So minimalism is something that I was kind of like aware of, but not really super familiar with. Like I'd read Leo Babauta. I'd read uh, the minimalist, uh, Josh and Ryan here and there a little bit in the, in the past life. And I just, I kind of always understood it from more of like the superficial level, like, Oh, you just own as little as possible. And that's that. And, and really like when you dive deeper into it, it's more about just like eliminating excess from your life and just like focusing on what is really important. And so that's something that I've definitely picked up in my life ever since we started uh, this podcast. And you know, I've been consuming so much content around minimalism. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's just making time and creating space in your life for the things that are really important to you. I, I love the concept of minimalism and I haven't, I haven't really dug that far into it. Like I haven't read a ton about it, but I guess just conceptually in my mind, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. It makes sense. And I kind of went through this weird, like purging phase of my life where I just started to just give away a bunch of stuff without even really realizing, okay, I'm becoming more minimalist. But what I found is hard and I'll still catch myself doing it to this day is like, you've got certain stuff that's like, and we've attached a meaning to it. Well, this is meaningful because somebody gave, gave this to me, or, you know, this represents this time in my life. And I think it's kind of one of those, I'm fascinated by the concept of attachment where it's like the object doesn't hold that meaning. Like that meaning exists in your life or that memory exists in your mind, like without the object. So if we start to pay attention to what all we're like attaching meaning to both in objects, but even just kind of like all of life, it's really fascinating how our brain kind of jumps to these certain like assumptions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a very like mindful practice too. I find, you know, just identifying objects, right. That are part of your life and whether it's sentimental value or, whatever type of value it brings or or maybe none at all it's a very mindful practice of like even just going through possessions and determining like why why is this important to me or why why am i keeping this item that i haven't used in five years what's what's the value for me right it's funny because i feel like life tends to be very much like a pendulum where it swings kind of in in one extreme and then the other and it's it's way of like balancing out so minimalism is kind of the Um, some people take it like very, very extreme. And then, but that's like balancing out the just crazy consumerism that's also exists in our society these days. Yeah, it's very true. Okay. So minimalism, that's a good one. Anything else that you've particularly found very interesting? Yeah. One thing that I think is cool is it's more about like limiting beliefs. You know, people have this conception of themselves and you know, I'm, I'm not that kind of person or I'm that kind of person. And it's okay. Like we were talking about before, like life is fluid, like things change, people change, you mature and grow. So, uh, you gotta be careful not to like categorize yourself into some unique category that you then put a fence up around and you're always that person. Even if you don't want to be, it's if you want to be that person, it's totally fine. But I think it's dangerous to label yourself and whether that's a label that you're uh, espousing to other people, or if it's just something internally that you think like, I'm not that person, you know, I'm not the person that dances at weddings, or I'm not the person that travels solo, or I'm not the person that does all these things. And, you know, as people evolve and mature, you know, sometimes things that you cut yourself off from or something you really want to do, you just have to kind of help remove those limiting beliefs. So you're able to do that. Oh, I like that. I've always kind of thought 
limiting beliefs in a um, deeper place of, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy, that kind of stuff. Like I don't deserve certain things, whatever, but even just bringing it up a level of, you know, Oh, I don't, I don't dance at weddings, like you said, or something like, like just, we do, we, we are constantly like labeling ourselves as the type of person we are. And when you do that, you are then limiting yourself from all those other versions of yourself you maybe could be. I'd never really thought of it from that perspective. Yeah, we had a really good uh, uh, article. It was by Tynan. It was episode 1457. It was called Not That Kind of Person. And he he talks all about, you know, how dangerous it, dangerous it is to kind of uh, categorize yourself like that. Yeah, ourselves and other people. I mean, we we're constantly categorizing other people as well. And then kind of going back to the concept of attachment, it's like we we place ourselves or somebody else in a certain category and then with that comes all this other all these other assumptions of who we are or who they are based on that like initial labeling. Yeah. Okay, I I love that one. Okay. Another, another kind of common phrase I hear, and I'm guilty of using this as well, but I think it's one that people struggle with of what it really means is like the concept of creating space. I don't know. I, just, I hear that phrase a lot. Yeah. So we get a lot of that from like a lot of the, the minimalist writers, um, some of like the business writers too, in terms of creating space, you know, space in your life to, to separate your, your work from your family or, or what have you. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of creating space, um, slowing down. So you're able to really like focus on, on what is the most important things. Uh, and that's from a personal standpoint or a professional standpoint. I mean, I think you and I both know how it is when you're like working more of like a corporate job and it's busy and, uh, you know, you're living via your email. There's no space. There's no time to like step back and really evaluate the situation and determine what's most important because you're just kind of running by what email or what phone call comes in next. And that's just, that's next on the priority list. Yeah. I, and while you were talking, I had a, I had a word come to mind that it's like, it's a buffer, kind of a buffer between either activities or kind of roles throughout the day. So like you're at work and then maybe like you just kind of create enough space for yourself mentally to then shift into you know, home or parent or spouse mode, like before you walk in the door. Um, I just think that the concept when people talk about space, I know before I really got into this personal development world and I heard people saying like, I don't even know what that means. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> but I guess it is kind of those buffers around all areas of your life to kind of give you a minute to shift gears or, or kind of dig into something and, and analyze something and try and like better understand it. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you're saying makes a lot of sense in terms of like, it allows you to be much more mindful, more like present, more in the moment. You know, if you've ever had something frantic happen at work, and then you go right to, you know, hanging out with friends or seeing family, and you realize you can't like shake that feeling like that stressful anxiety feeling that you had at work, because you didn't have enough of like time to really like refocus and recenter yourself. So you can be more like and actually live like in the present moment. Yeah, okay. I like that. All right. So why do you think like, what are, what are the biggest barriers that people face to kind of try and deploy some of these personal growth tactics? Like why, why is it so difficult and uncomfortable for a lot of us? I would say again, it's, it's, it's the barriers or, or it's limits or limiting beliefs that people put on themselves. You know, I'm not a person that can consistently work out or I've tried this 
a hundred times and I failed every time. So why should I believe it's going to be any different this time? Or maybe it's changing into a person that they desire to be, but they can't uh, imagine themselves being. So many different personal reasons why there could be hangups about personal growth and personal development. But we get so much like listener feedback via email of people who are on their on their personal development journey. And it's very powerful to, to see, you know, what other people are doing and the challenges they're overcoming in their life. And, and a lot of times it's just small steps. It's little things. It's little things every day. It's, it's being in the right headspace. It's putting the right people around you. What does Jim Rohn say? It's like, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I find that very true. I've lived in many different areas, had many different social circles and it's always very true. It's, you know, the five people you're spending the most time with probably uh, is a pretty good barometer of, of what you're doing with your own life. I think people do get kind of hangups around, around personal growth and personal development. I had never thought of it in terms of that in itself is a limiting belief of kind of that assumption or that label that it's not for you or it's not going to help you or whatever reason it's kind of rubbing you the wrong way is, is pointing out probably some kind of limiting belief that, that you have, or maybe some kind of insecurity. I'd never really thought about it like that, but I like that. It's just like a, a seed of doubt, right? Like the tiniest seed of doubt can snowball into, you know, massive negative feelings, you know, a lot of negative self-talk. Uh, and it's really hard to overcome that once that starts. Yeah. So kind of going back to your first tip of starting small, what's a small step people can start to take to try and one, even like identify and be aware of their own limiting belief and then maybe start to overcome it? Like what have you found that's worked for you or feedback you get from listeners that's worked for them? I think some type of mindfulness or meditative practice is just super important, especially when you're starting. Like we were talking about, like creating space, slowing down, being present, having some sort of practice in your life. Usually if it's to start the day is the best. I do not meditate nearly as much as I would like to, but I try to take moments throughout the day, even if it's a minute here, two minutes there. When I finish work for the day, I try to take a couple minutes, you know, close my eyes, kind of center myself before I switch from work mode to dad mode to husband mode, all of those things. And the days where I do that, I notice like a massive improvement in just like being able to be present, like setting my phone away. So there's, there's nothing, no distractions, just that mindset. So I think somebody, somebody getting started, like creating a simple morning and whether it's meditation, walking meditation, a mindfulness habit, you know, listening to something positive, to start your day, just some, it's five minutes, you know, just five minutes to start for a day. Because uh, you create that space in your life, you slow down, you become more present. I think you become more attuned with yourself too, in terms of like what you need, what you want, um, you know, mm -hmm. things that you want to work on. I think that's probably the best place to start. I love it. And I, I could not agree more. Is there anything new on the horizon for the podcast that you are willing and are able to share with us at this point in time? <laughs> uh, I don't think there's anything crazy. You know, we're just trying to keep our heads above water here with, uh, with the 20 plus episodes that we uh, publish every week. So no, nothing crazy. I I'd love to give you an inside scoop, but I, okay. I don't think there is. Anything. I figured I'd ask. Just <laughs> 
Well, that's awesome. So I just, I hope you guys continue to do it for a long time. I think it's a, um, it's a wonderful podcast. I've, I've learned a lot from it. I love kind of finding and connecting with writers I've never heard of before through it. So it's been, it's, it's definitely been a positive impact in my life. So I encourage everybody to go check it out. Um, tell everyone where they can find, I'm, I'm sure it's on all the, the podcast apps, but like your website and just, or everywhere that they can find you. Sure. So it's uh, if you search Optimal Living Daily, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Apple, Google Play. Um, and then our website is oldpodcast.com. So O-L-D. Yeah, and everything is there. And, you know, if anybody wants to reach out, you can find all of our contact info right on our website. And yeah. Thank you for the kind words, though. It's, it's very much appreciated. Yes. No, thank you so much. And thank you for coming on and, and, and talking to us about just some of the knowledge that you've learned in your four hours of reading a day. <laughs> yes, some. Very, very little of it, but yes, thanks. Okay, big thank you again to Lee for taking the time to chat with me. That could not have worked out more perfectly that he ends the show with advising us all to start our day with some kind of mindfulness or meditation practice. And next week, we will be talking just that. We are talking meditation with Monty, who created the app Minding. If you have not tried that app as a meditation app, then I highly recommend it. I've really enjoyed it. And it's helped me get back into the practice, I guess, of trying to meditate more frequently. So make sure you are subscribed or following the podcast on whatever app you are listening to right now. So you don't miss that and all the other really fun episodes that I've got lined up for this year. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, then I ask you to please take a moment and rate and maybe write a short review for the podcast. That really helps in the world of Apple in terms of discoverability. And if not, then please just send this episode to a couple people you think would enjoy it or post it on your socials and tag me so that I make sure that I see it and can thank you and Thank you all so much for listening. Happy New Year to everyone. And I will talk to you next week.